When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We are talking ads, drops, and holds with players going into the week number three, matchup number three of the season. And we also have a guest, Chuck Freeman, will join us as well to talk the Milwaukee Brewers and all that's going on in their organization to start this season. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky and Mahler Bros Golf. And I'm your host, Vince Stover. Today, I'm running solo for a little while. Our normal friend, Kevin Wilson, is out of town this week. And I will be joined by two different guests here today. Uh, in just a few moments, we'll be joined by Chuck Freeman from Locked On Brewers podcast. We're going to talk about the young brewers and what they uh, are doing so far and the amount of uh, value that they are giving to this uh, fantasy team so far this season as well, and what's going on in their bullpen and what is about to happen in their outfield. So we'll talk with Chuck about that. Then uh, during our third segment of the show, we're going to be joined by Ian Lemersall, a uh, fantasy baseball writer from BellyUpFantasySports.com, and he'll join us to talk about ads, drops, and players we should hold on to, uh, all that coming later in the show. But it is time for our first segment of the day, the one that we like to call our Fantasy Burner. And we want to welcome everybody watching live right now on the Fort Sports Stove YouTube page, the Belly Up Fantasy page, and all those listening later on via the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is our Fantasy Burner segment where we take uh, one topic, and uh, just kind of hit on it quickly, fantasy topic that is. And this segment is presented by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but often it comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, which is just around the corner, there's no polo that you'd rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Don't wait to try your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros uh, and get 15% off at MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. With the code BELLYUP. That's right, 15% off at MahlerBros.com. Code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. We appreciate the support of Mahler Bros golf here for the belly, uh, the, excuse me, the sports stove fantasy baseball show. And in our fantasy burner segment today, I want to talk about transactions. We are only two matchups into the fantasy baseball season. Uh, we have now gone through a week and a half in one matchup and a full week in the other matchup. 
and uh, you got to look at how many transactions you and your fellow league mates are uh, doing throughout this early part of the season. In the league that we use here on this show, it's a 10-team points head-to-head league. And uh, so 10 of us in the league in two matchups total, we have had 86 transactions in our league. Uh, I have 11 transactions so far, which is fifth in our league for most transactions. Uh, We've got a guy that has 17, a guy that has 16. Uh, Kevin has 12. My dad has uh, 10. Uh, Like I said, I'm sitting at 11. I guess that puts me fourth Uh, (laughs) with 11. And then we've got a guy at nine, six, two guys with two transactions and one guy with only one so far this season. And what that should tell you is turnover on your fantasy baseball roster is something that is common. Uh, If you come to the point where you've been into the season for just a little bit and you've not been turning over your roster, especially in the deeper leagues, the deeper the league there is, the more turnover you should have on your roster. Uh, If you're in a small eight-man league, a six-man league, I don't know who would do that, but uh, but I am in an eight-man league as well, and and I still have turnover, but not everybody has as much because in an eight-man league, there's just more good players available for every team. But as you get out, 10-man, especially in the 12- and 14-man leagues, then you're looking at you've got guys that you're taking shots on all the time, and if they're not producing for your fantasy team, it's time to move on and get onto something better or something different. And so in a league of 10 10 people, uh, we have had a constant turnover of players. Some of it's injury-related, right? you got a guy that gets injured and gets on the injured list. Well, then there's going to be a transaction. There's going to be an addition uh, for that. What I love is when I run into the problem where I've had good additions after having guys injured, and then my injured guys are ready to come off the injured list, and I don't have anybody that I'm willing to let go of. And so I got to hold on to a guy on the injured list for a little while until someone else gets hurt or until someone hits a slump and it provides an opportunity uh, to replace them with someone as well. I'm curious of kind of what your uh, normal transactions throughout the season look like. Uh, I will go through anywhere from five to ten in a given matchup. I've got one league where there are no pitcher um, limitations. You can have as many starts in a, in a matchup as you want. And so I tend to go through the bottom of my pitching rotation where I'll have a guy pitch and then I'll drop him the next day and add a guy who's going to pitch again and try to get those innings added up. Now that hurts in some categories because you're talking about guys that aren't great. Uh, so typically you could get burned in the ERA category. If you're doing a categories league, you could get burned in, in a couple of different areas, but In that league, for instance, I don't have a whole lot that can hurt me. It's more positive versus giving you negative results. Uh, So although ERA is included, I don't have losses in that league. So it's okay if the pitcher loses. It's no big deal. Uh, But if he can give me innings, give me some strikeouts, possibly get me a win, quality start, whatever it may be, I can just constantly rotate through that part of the, the, the team, the roster, and add new guys all the time. So that's almost an addition a day for me in that league. So you have to look at what your league, again, we, we say this all the time. What is the rules in your league? What is the uh, the setup of your league? How many players are in it? Are the players that you're with paying attention to what's going on? Because in our 10-man league, we got a couple guys who don't appear to be paying a whole lot of attention at the moment. And so, and so we can kind of take advantage of some of those things. Um, I've seen guys get dropped in leagues that should not get dropped. They were unpatient with those guys, and they're like, well, they're not producing, so I'm going to get rid of them. But it's a guy that is owned in 90% of the leagues, and that usually is a good sign that they're going to turn things around at some point. So uh, I do that too. I, I pick up the garbage, so to say. The other guys will drop them. I'll go in and sweep them up and be patient with them. And in three to four weeks, they start producing. And by the end of the year, I got a solid lineup going. So you should constantly be turning around uh, your roster, adding guys, dropping guys, uh, especially at the the guys that are, if they're owned in, I typically would say 60% of leagues or less, you should be willing to move on from those guys if they're not producing and go ahead and try somebody else. You got rookies coming up and we'll talk about some of these things when we get to our ads and drops and holds with Ian Lemersall later in the show. But you have to look at these guys. You got guys that are getting called up from the minors. You got guys that are replacing guys who are injured. 
Um, you have guys who have had slow starts, so other guys drop them. You can bring them in as well. Kevin loves to talk about guys who are playing in Colorado. If you got a batter that's playing in Colorado, pick him up for the week and uh, let it ride him for a little bit and see how things work out with him. So there's a lot of good things that can happen if you just constantly move around uh, your, uh, your roster. Go ahead and make those moves. Change things up. Make things happen. And, uh, and it'll, it'll all be good for you if you do so. Uh, that's an important thing to do in the roster. Make sure, again, that you get that, that bottom of the roster getting turned around just a little bit. That's the Fantasy Burner segment today, again, presented by Mahler Bros Golf. Mahler Bros, that's M-A-H-L-E-R, and then B-R-O-S, Mahler Bros Golf. And, uh, you know, it's funny. There are people out there that like the uh, loud golf apparel, you know, the colors and the uh, all the different graphics and the things like that. I'm more of a classic kind of guy. Give me a solid polo, maybe a stripe here or there, whatever it may be. But Mahler Bros has both of them. And so you need to go check out their website, MahlerBros.com. And when you check out, go ahead and use that code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. And uh, that'll be a, a, an awesome addition to your golf apparel. They've got other things as well, by the way. Uh, T-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more. MahlerBros.com. Use that code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. All right, it is time now to move on to our second segment of the day that we like to call our Call to the Pin. Our Call to the Pin is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, If you want the best and purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up, supply, and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky in the land. Uh, Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. You can visit RighteousFelon.com and use promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Our call to the pin is our guest segment of the day, and in just a few moments, we'll be joined by our guests. Before we get to that, though, a quick word from uh, all that's going on in the Sports Stove Podcast. Here's what's cooking on the Sports Stove family of podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Vince Stover, host of the Sports Stove Podcast, and just want to give you some insight on what is ahead and what is going on within the Sports Stove world. We now have three podcasts for you to listen to. It's all under the umbrella of the Sports Stove Podcast. We have the Sports Stove Podcast, the original show, and uh, that's just me and my dad. We're talking all things sports, just like we would riding in the car, listening to Sports Talk Radio. We just give it to you, talking NFL, Major League Baseball, college football, college basketball, all things sports. Me and dad bring that to you each week. Then we also have the Sports Stove Local Hour, which covers Eastern Kentucky University sports, where we talk all things EKU with student-athletes, coaches, and administration all come on to talk about everything that's going on inside the world of EKU sports focused heavily on football, men's and women's basketball, and some EKU baseball as well. And then thirdly, we're introducing the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, where every week myself and a guest will bring you all the latest and greatest fantasy baseball news and updates. We'll give you advice, opinions, as well as talk Major League Baseball news throughout the year as well. So make sure you stay tuned for all these great episodes. You can subscribe to the Sports Stove Podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for the Sports Stove Podcast, and you'll find us there. That's what's cooking on the Sports Stove family of podcasts. Welcome back into the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. And as we await our guests to appear, give you a quick word of what's going on. Uh, Each week, every Sunday, I try to drop the uh, MLB Power Rankings. And uh, we do that each week. And so this morning, we dropped on BellyUpSports.com, dropped the MLB Power Rankings for this week. And, And in doing so, I try to rank them as they've done in the previous week. So it's not looking ahead very much at all. Um, it is looking back a little bit to what they've done as a whole throughout the season. Uh, but we try to, to put it out there and kind of give them some credit, I suppose, for having a good week and things like that. So for the last two weeks, the last week and this week, Tampa and Atlanta have been our top two in the spots there. Uh, the Rays, of course, were undefeated for a long time. 
but they got a plus 65 run differential. They're continuing to dominate, uh, even at their losses that they had this week. They're still at the top of the power rankings as they're still uh, appear to be the best best team in the league at the moment. But Atlanta's a close second, and Atlanta's that team that just keeps on pushing. And, uh, and so they've been number two for two weeks now as well. They're battling injuries left and right, it seems like, between starters and offensive players. They Of course, they lose Orlando Arcia, who is having a wonderful season to start the year. And, well, that just didn't work out too well for him with the injury. And now they bring in Von Grissom, and uh, he's yet to really take off. But it gives him an opportunity, as most people assumed, he was going to be taking over the role there to start the season. And uh, he got he got optioned down to start the season. So he comes back up and has that opportunity. I got Toronto at number three. They move up at five spots this year. Eight out of the last 10 games were wins. And uh, again, this is a team with high expectations. And yet um, they have not really met those expectations in the previous years. And so they've got to do it this year. It's that time for them. They made additions in the offseason that were supposed to help them. And, uh, and you know, they just have not appeared yet, so it's uh, it's good to see them finally having some some uh, you know uh, some success, I suppose. Especially if you're a Blue Jays fan, uh, would be great. But uh, anyway, sorry, we're having some difficulty here with uh, getting our guest on. <laughs> uh, so we're working, we're trying to work that out all at the same time. Uh, sorry. All right, uh, then Miami jumps up to number four. They were not anywhere close to number four the previous week. There are big risers this week, plus 20 spots in the power rankings. And my goodness, they found a groove, have they not? Uh, the Miami Marlins have just stepped in, started playing some incredible baseball. And how long can they contend in the NL East? Of course, the Phillies have been horrible. Uh, the Braves have been phenomenal. The Mets have been good. Uh, but the Marlins just continue to impress. And so they're up at number four, Mets at number five. The Brewers in at six, again, having their pitching work for them, uh, which is why I'm really excited to have Chuck on hopefully here tonight. Um, the uh, Brandon Woodruff injury, they bring up a triple-A starter, and he beats the Padres. Uh, then today, Wade Miley, incredible outing today. Seven innings, shutout. Uh, they're in those seven innings. The bullpen comes in with Strezlecki and Williams to finish out the game. And if the Brewers can win with pitchers like Wade Miley, uh, like uh, Bauer, like like Mauer, excuse me, and uh, then you get in uh, a Triple A guy that comes up and has a great start. That's a, that's a big thing for Milwaukee. Looking really good so far this year. The Yankees in at number seven as they continue to find themselves and uh, and Garrett Cole with a complete game today. Incredible look as well. Pirates continue to be pretty decent as well. They lose O'Neill Cruz, but they have good things going for them. I still suspect they're going to fall out of contention before too long, but there they sit. And uh, so I got them top 10 still. They were top 10 last week as well in the power rankings. Minnesota Twins lead the AL Central, uh, four and two home record, six and three road record coming into Sunday. Um, they've got to find consistency uh, to win the AL Central. The AL Central is one of those divisions. That's just wide open. Anybody can take it pretty much. Uh, Chicago, Cleveland, and Minnesota, uh, those three specifically, uh, will be in the running there for the AL Central. And Minnesota, they've been playing really good baseball. And so it's great uh, to have them playing consistently as well. They had a good offseason. And uh, so we'll see if they can continue to dominate there. Then you got the Arizona Diamondbacks at number 10. And I put them right above San Diego. Uh, this is a team that has looked really solid. Uh, at points in the season, I know we're, we're really short into the season, but to sit atop the NL West, to uh, be able to sit there and 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 take care of business so far in the AL West, beating out the Padres and the Dodgers, um, this team is, it's an interesting team, isn't it? Because you have to figure out, are they for real? Do they, do they you know, uh, will they be consistent all year? They're really young. They're really exciting to watch, but... Will they actually? Uh, will they actually compete all season? That's the question we have to ask. So uh, we are hoping to talk to uh, Chuck 
Freeman tonight from Locked On Brewers podcast, but we're unable to get him on. So what we're going to do now, hopefully he'll, he will show up, but what we're going to do right now is jump to our third segment of the day. It's a segment we call our Fantasy Focus. Our Fantasy Focus segment is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. Usually Kevin's on the talk with us. He's out of town this week. So we're bringing in for the first time ever to join any sports stove podcast. It's belly up fantasy sports writer, Ian Limersall. Hey, Ian, how you doing? Vince, what's going on, man? Can you hear me all right? I can. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've been enjoying your work on the website. You've been Appreciate putting out it. articles left and right and uh, relatively new to the belly up family. But welcome to a, to a belly up podcast, man. Uh, what's going on with yourself? Uh, it's nice to be on, man. I uh, so yeah, I am pretty pretty new at Belly Up. Um, been putting out a lot of content lately. I like doing a lot of stuff off season wise, so I wish I had uh, been able to join a little sooner to do that. But during the season, doing the waiver stuff, um, ad drops, you know, things like that. There's a lot of streaming. There's all kinds of good stuff to do during the season. It's been fun. There is a lot of stuff. It's amazing that we get into the season. And uh, you'd think it would kind of slow down, but uh, there is more to it than just ads and drops because we're talking about, uh, man, there's people getting called up. It seems like every day there's people getting sent down. There's, there's injuries, of course, going on as well. You mentioned streamers, too. So there's a lot of options out there for folks. And, you know, me and Kevin, typically we have our, our uh, sports stove belly up baseball league that we do a 10 team points league and yeah. uh, so we like to update the people we like to make fun of mike when he loses and different things like that but um i know that you you said that you're in part of a 10 team points league as well or at yes. least have to do a lot with that too so is there something that you like over the points league versus category leagues or uh roto leagues or different things like that How, is there is it, do you like that or is that just kind of the way it ended up for you so, well, so real quick, you bring up all the call-ups and things like that. I mean, just today I'm seeing like um, you have Nito with the yes. Angels. You got Brett Beatty coming up. It's like every day, especially because guys, you know, teams aren't trying to hold guys back um, right. as much anymore. So you see that. I mean, it's every single day. Um, as far as the point stuff goes, I, I feel very strongly about this. So I could talk about this for a long time, but we are 10 team points. I'm not a huge fan of ESPN. That's my primary, you know, in, the, in that league, 10 team points is ESPN. Not a huge fan of it, of, of ESPN specifically, but the points format, I mean, it's, it's my favorite head to head points. I think that, um, you know, when we started this league is about eight years ago, we were all coming from uh, fantasy football backgrounds and we were trying to get everyone in. We love baseball and we love football, but we, we like baseball a little bit more, want to do fantasy baseball the way we do it with football. And it was so nice because with the points league, it almost felt like the perfect blend between fantasy baseball and fantasy football. It, it was a nice kind of um, opening for us to do points head to head. It, it felt comfortable. And then once we started getting really into it, it's like, you know, I've been in some Roto leagues before and I just, I, there's a lot more strategy with, with Roto. I think there's a lot more strategy, but with points um, you're, you, you have a clean slate every week. You have a clean slate every week. And, you know, we have teams that, you know, you're not waiting till the very end of the season to see how things are shaking out um, because you have a matchup every single week and anyone can go on a run, rip off three, four uh, straight weeks of victories and, and end up making the playoffs. We have every year, we have four playoff spots for our 10 teams. Every year there's six or seven teams in contention for a spot with two, three weeks to go. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't end, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's always going to be a couple bad teams for sure. Uh, I'm sure almost in every league, you know, it's always happening, but uh, in our league specifically there, there's always going to be one or two, but I mean, everyone's got a shot. Everyone's got a shot. And so I think that's, what's so fun about it. And um, points is a lot of fun. We're standard. So we have uh, minus one point for strikeouts, which I know is a little bit unique um, for some formats, but we've actually stuck with that as well. Um, I think it adds another kind of, uh, sort of element of strategy for the hitting side of things. And, you know, we have some quirky stuff in our league, but it's, it's, it's pretty standard as far as the ESPN points goes. It's a lot of fun, man. I think that's the best format. Yeah. I, I spent most of my time doing category leagues and uh, until, until Kevin got me into the points leagues, the first time I ever did it. And I, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Now, one thing we do that I can't tell if a lot of other people do this or not 
Kevin was was adamant we do it, and that was make holds uh, a category for us to get earned points. Okay. So it helps the setup guy. You actually have value with setup guys out of the pen versus just your closers. Do you guys have holds in your points league? So we actually don't have holds, but this is something we've talked about before because um, you know we're pretty the, the, we're pretty extreme on some of our pitching stuff. Um, for example. <laughs> I mean, a win is plus five, loss is minus five. I mean, that's that's a massive swing. So yeah. big time value on guys who are on good teams, uh, maybe have a good defense playing behind them, good you know, good lineup. Like I've always been a big fan of having Dodger pitchers for that reason because they're going to win a lot of games. And, you know, it's a 10-point swing there. Um, as far as the hold stuff, that's something we would love to integrate probably as like a plus two or plus three-point bonus, something like that. And if we did, there, that's a lot of fun too because then it's like you said – then uh, setup guys in, in, you know, not just closers have some value and you're further sort of rounding out um, the amount of guys who have value uh, mm-hmm. in your league as it should be. Cause those are, those are valuable baseball players as well. Um, so I, I like that idea a lot. I think that's something yeah. that I do. It's a fun addition uh, this year in our draft. I kind of went with the strategy of uh, not going for closers. And instead I went for setup guys um, because nobody else was drafting them. So I thought, well, I can wait till towards the end of the draft and I can grab three or four guys there at the end of the draft and get guys that are going to get holds. Yeah. And they're not as risky, honestly, because uh, no, they don't not. get their own save or anything like that. So it's kind of, there's, there's a little bit of nice niceness to it to a degree as well. Um, and it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of get involved in that a little bit as well. Uh, oh, we got to get to know you a little bit. I know we got you on for a specific purpose to talk ads and drops and things like that. Totally. Uh, but uh, who do you cheer for? Who's your favorite team? So I was born in Chicago, but raised in San Diego. Um, okay. so I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Cubs fan. Um, but I always, huh. you know, I always have a special place in my heart for the Padres. I started, you know, I started following baseball when I, I mean, my dad was taking me to games when I was like two, three years old. So I moved to San Diego when I was like six years old. So very young, but I'd already been going to games at that point. And like, I had already, you know, had, had that affiliation. So I've been a Cubs fan for life, man. And uh, I try and get out to Wrigley a few times every year. Um, I'm living in Sacramento right now. So um, I've been bouncing around since college, went to school at university of Michigan. So, um, you know, got to go to Tigers games, stuff like that. So I've been bouncing around a lot, but um, Cubs are my team. And I do, but I do support the the heck out of the Padres. And I know the yeah. Padres um, team very well. I know, I mean, been, you know, been to Petco Park probably 200 times. Um, mm-hmm. And I know their farm system very well also. So I, I enjoy following the Padres, but the Cubs are my team for sure. The Cubs. Yeah. So I grew up in Nashville or just south of okay. Nashville, Murfreesboro. And for a long time, the uh, Brewers, um, AAA, and actually they're back to them now is the Nashville Sound. So yeah. I grew up. Uh, when I would have been in middle school, high school, when Prince Fielder and Brian Braun and those guys were around. And then before that, they were with the Reds for a time and with the White Sox for a time. So I never had an MLB team for a long time in my life. And then once I got out of college, actually, I was like, you know what? I need to follow a team. And so, yeah, yeah. so I got into my dad's a Giants fan. My mom's a Reds fan. And I always liked both of those teams. But I wanted something different. So I figured, well, I knew the guys on the Brewers from watching them in AAA. And so I started cheering for the Brewers. And actually, that was a good time yeah. to start cheering for them. That was close to the time they acquired CC Sabathia and things like that. So there were some good good moments there. Oh, totally. uh, I haven't, I didn't go through the drudge days of a Brewers fan. But um, nonetheless, it's a fun team to follow and have a good time. Good oh, time. And, and I'll tell you right now, though, a um, ton of love for minor league ball. I mean, that's the thing is, yeah, eventually you have to have a team and, and all that. But, um, but I love minor league ball, man. I go to... I go to dozens of minor league games every year. Um, we actually just toured some apartments today that are across the street from the uh, Rivercats Stadium, the AAA mm-hmm. affiliate for the Giants. I've already gone out and seen them play a few times. They were playing the the Padres this week, um, or sorry, last week, um, or was that two weeks ago? I, their first week um, at home, and so I got to go see Tatis play, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot of fun. I got to go mm-hmm. see. Um, uh, Joe Musgrove started a game over at yep. the Rivercat Stadium. That's great. And then, uh, you know, it's just I have a ton, of, a ton of love for minor league ball. One of my best friends is uh, catching for the uh, Albuquerque Isotopes right now. So I've been watching his games, and they've been playing against Tatis, who in the last uh, I think three games has six home runs. I just saw him hit another today. So yeah, <laughs> it's I, I love minor league ball, and so oh, it's great. Um, Nashville's one where. 
Uh, I do know that that's the, uh, the Brewers affiliate and, uh, I haven't really watched many of their games. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with who's there right now for the Brewers, but, um, I was a big fan of Keston Hira yeah. was of course. And then, you know, yeah. so he's, I've followed some of those guys, but that's awesome. Nashville's a great place, man. Yeah. Hira actually has six home runs, uh, so far this season down there in Nashville and hit another one today. Uh, I'll keep up with that a little bit. So he's still around. And you know what? My family, uh, just in the last couple of years, have gotten into college baseball. Oh, it yeah. was never something I followed a whole lot of, but I started covering Eastern Kentucky University sports and uh, love the people over at the university. And and uh, so I, they were playing um, FGCU, Florida Gulf Coast, this week, yeah. number 15 in the nation. And uh, so I texted texted Raymond. I got over at the university, got some tickets. We went and watched games Friday and Saturday. Awesome. Uh, watched them beat FGCU two out of three games. So um, a good time there, too. So I'm, I'm loving that, getting to know guys at that level because I interview the players. So get to know the guys at the college level. And uh, to get to see some of them go on last year, uh, they had a, a reliever, Will Bryan. He got drafted by the mm -hmm. Yankees. So he's in the Yankees system right now. Very They've nice. got a catcher, Will King, who's going to get drafted as well. He's, he's a phenomenal ball player. So it's a lot of fun, all levels of oh, baseball. Yeah. Totally. You know, I, I college ball specifically too. I, I lived right. Um, my last two years of college at Michigan, I lived right by the stadium there. And I was actually part of a, you know, a local radio station. I called a couple baseball games yeah. um, as well. I was doing that and that in basketball, but um, college baseball, I mean, it's, it's so fun because, you know, I, it's sort of like one of those levels where guys are almost more encouraged to get fired up. And so mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that, man. You you have you see a lot of energy, you see a lot of emotion, and you know I'm a big fan of that. you see a lot of that at the college level. So I go to a lot of games, uh, University of Michigan games. Growing up, went to a lot of Cal State Fullerton games. Um, mm -hmm. Some buddies playing there, and and it's that's you know it's, these stadiums are nice too, man. A lot of these college stadiums, they're pretty cool. There's some good ones out there. There definitely are, and I know EK, you put down a couple years ago a brand new field. It's all the turf field, so there's no dirt except for the mound. Okay. Everything else is turf, and I've talked to the players about it, and they all seem to like it. Uh, you know, there's there's bounces, but you get used to it and things like that, and they, there's consistency with it. Where on a grass field or a dirt field, you don't always have that same consistency. Um, right. At least being at home, they always know what's coming. <laughs> and, yeah, I like and that. Doesn't like get rained that. out too often. Yeah, right, right. I like that. That's awesome. I'm a big <laughs> all right. Fan of that. Yeah, let's get into some fantasy baseball. Oh, totally. And uh, we are going to start with ads every week. Me and Kevin kind of go through and talk about some guys that we think players should add. So I've got four guys on my list. Yeah. Uh, but we'll start with you. Give me your first guy that you think people should be looking for uh, this week to add to their roster. Yeah, so I'm going to go with two um, two guys. I'll you know talk about one at a time, but both uh, a couple of Diamondbacks pitchers. So the first is right. going to be Dre Jamison, man. I uh, you know former first round pick, someone I have watched. Actually, I've written about him quite a bit. I mean, if, I think I only have about you know I haven't been at Belly up too long, but I got about nine or ten pieces I've written. Two of them have already mentioned Jamison and kind of mm -hmm. in depth. I'm a big fan of him. He's got a super live arm. Um, has a background of, you know, doing a lot of long relief, even in college, um, or sorry, in, in his younger days, doing a lot of long relief and stuff. And as he's stretched out over time, his velocity actually hasn't um, gone down much at all. He's throwing 97 these days. He's throwing about a tick faster than he was last year. And I really like his arsenal, man, because, you know, the thing about Jamison is within the last two or three years, he's added this sinker that is – I'm not, I still can't figure out quite why they had him at a sinker, but it's turned into a pretty good pitch. Um, mm -hmm. It's become his highest usage pitch over the last uh, couple of years. Um, like I said, the, the fastball is a good, the, the fastball itself is good. I think it gets hit pretty hard because it is a little bit straight. It has decent um, kind of rise action to it, but it's a little straight. Um, so maybe the sinker was, you know, implemented to help kind of balance some of that out. Um, I don't know, but he, he now has like five pretty solid pitches, about three he's using um, effectively right now. He, ne he needs to be using the changeup more. He, he needs to use the changeup more. There's certainly stuff to work on. But when you're looking at him as an ad, he's under 10% owned right now, which um, so in most leagues, most formats, he's going to be available. And a lot of guys who even own him right now are probably streaming him. So he's going to be available. Um, he's been using kind of some weird roles uh, this year. But he, uh, you know, he's going to be a full-time member of the rotation for a little while now, at least. And even once Zach Davies is back, I think he'll probably stick. Um, 
he's been super effective. And if he continues to be effective, I mean, he was a first round pick. They're not going to sit him when there's no reason to. Madison Bumgarner, Zach Gallen, these guys, these other guys in the rotation as well. These are guys who have been, you know, fairly injury prone over time. And so I, I do think that we're going to see uh, Dre Jameson stick in the rotation for a while. His upcoming matchups aren't, aren't my favorite, but there's just a lot to like here. Um, there's a lot to like here about the actual pitcher himself. He, he himself is a very good talent. Um, and like I said, you know, fastball, sinker um in particular the, the slider is a good pitch uh also that's you know the slider has probably the best movement profile of any of his pitches um compared to average but that's three pretty solid pitches um and as long as he can you know start to use either the change up or the curveball more it'll probably be the change up um you know there, there's a ton to work with there so he's like i said super live arm uh explosive he throws that ball pretty hard man and and guys typically have a tough time kind of reading it coming out of his hand. So I think he as a talent is fantastic. He's done, you know, how is he, how is he actually, you know, done so far this season? Like I said, been used in some really weird roles, man. He hasn't pitched more than four innings once all season. And he actually has a save, which I think is kind of funny as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one, four, six ERA, 1.05 whip. Um, the strikeouts are about, you know, one per inning right now. Um, but the strikeout upside there is, is, is pretty high. So, um, and here's, here's the other point, and this, you know, involves both Dre Jamison and the next guy that I'll talk about um, in a few minutes here, but that Arizona defense is wild. I, I, it is crazy to me how much people sleep on that defense every <laughs> single year for going back two, three years now, especially starting last year, but people still don't realize how good that defense is. And that plays a big role they have so many athletic guys in the field at all times and great defenders. Um, that makes a difference, especially now with, with the, you know, the shift ban and some of this other stuff, you know, teams like the Dodgers, for example, that relied so much on the shift, they can't do that now. And so, you know, you can't, it's harder to play a guy like Max Muncy at second base, for example, right. Mm -hmm. In a case like the Diamondbacks, everyone in that field for them is athletic and is a good defender. These guys can play multiple positions, they play their positions very well. That defense makes a huge difference, in my opinion. So Dre Jamison, definitely a guy who, uh, especially as they start stretching him out more here, he's going to get it going, man. I'm, I'm excited for him. But he does uh, he does have some some more difficult matchups coming up. So I would definitely, um, you know, beware that it's it might be a little slow for him. But someone sure. I'm, I'm just super excited for. I'm with you, Andre. He's actually on my list, too. Um, like you nice said, guy. he's only 9.4% owned in ESPN leagues. Um, and I agree with you. I think that that when Zach Davies does return, I think Jameson will do enough to hold a spot in the rotation. Um, I think so too. And I think, yeah, I think he's going to be around. I was reading as well where they feel like his innings will stretch out. He'll start to pitch longer. It's just kind of transitioning from bullpen to starting, you know, innings and things like that as well. But he's faced the Dodgers, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Brewers, and he's been successful with each person in our points league. He's had 16 points, 8 points, 12 points, 13 points. And so, again, that's saves, that's wins, it's strikeouts, it's all these things that he's doing. And, uh, and, and again, you said it earlier, 100% agree with you. I think he holds that rotation spot. Um, it won't be Zach Davies' spot. Zach Davies will return, but somebody else will have to move to the bullpen because I think Jameson, yeah. and maybe they like him, and I don't know much about the staff at Arizona, if it was Tampa, then you could say, oh, they might do multiple things with them all year. Yeah. And, and maybe Arizona will do that too. But I think either way, in a fantasy league, especially in a points league, I think he's going to hold value wherever he's at. But I think we're going to see, as long as Davies is out and we know he's going to be in, in the rotation, I think he creates all kinds of value. Because right now, you got guys lo looking for pitchers. they got to find them. Where are they at on the waiver wire? And you're hitting and miss right now. I think Jamison's more of a hit than a miss. I completely agree. And, and you bring up a really good point. Something I, I actually, I meant to um, talk about, didn't even get to that. He's faced some really good teams like at LA, at San Diego, LA again, Milwaukee. He's, he's gone toe to toe with some pretty good teams, man. And I understand like, you know, like, like I said, like in the Padres and stuff, I know how hot and cold they can be <laughs> Dodgers uh, this year at times too. Um, but no, he's held his own in some difficult matchups, man. And so I, I don't love the next two for him. He's going to go at St. Louis and then home against San Diego. And San Diego, by that time, we'll have Tatis back. Um, I, don't like, I don't like either of those matchups. So I, I, I guess I, I, it's kind of a disclaimer, a, an asterisk there is 
he's going to face some really tough competition coming up here. But I mean, okay, don't, you know, don't start him those days if you don't feel comfortable with it. Either way, he's a guy who has real value on a waiver wire that in most leagues, I mean, you know, you see it even in, in 10 teams for sure. I can't even imagine in like a 12 or 14 team league, but I mean, this wire is thin right now, man. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh. So, yeah, so especially yeah. if you're looking for innings and starting pitchers and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You're definitely, definitely enjoying as well. And there's Kevin Wilson tuning in from the airport this week. Thanks, Kev. We always nice. appreciate you. Thanks Thank for you, Kevin. Thanks for listening. Um, so we both have Dre Jamison on our list. You said you got another Arizona pitcher. Who, who's that? That's going to be Ryan Nelson. So um, Ryan Nelson started the year in that fifth rotation spot. He actually beat out Dre Jamison for that fifth spot. Um, Nelson, as it currently stands, is their number four and Jamison at five. Um, so Nelson has a little bit of an edge as far as guaranteed time in the rotation, guaranteed playing time. He's got a slight edge right now as he is the four. But I think both of these guys are guys that, the, the Diamondbacks would be really just foolish not to keep in the rotation for the rest of the season at this rate. Um, Nelson has some similarities um, to Dre Jamison. The thing about Ryan Nelson that I like is he doesn't throw, you know, he's not throwing quite as hard as Dre Jamison is, but he does have a little bit actually better um, uh, rising action on that, um, on that four seam fastball. He's got a really nice slider. He's actually implemented a cutter, which I, that one I understand more. Nelson, like Ray Jamison, his slider is very electric. A lot of good movement, a lot of good horizontal break on it. Um, the cutter for Ryan Nelson, it's more of a horizontal cutter. It was just implemented basically to split the difference between the fastball and the slider. Just to split the break difference there, um, make it a lot harder for uh, guys to read kind of what's coming out, um, what's coming out of his hand. And I, I like the combination quite a bit. The fastball, you know, Nelson hasn't responded uh, velocity and strength wise as well to being stretched out as Jamison has. His velocity is dipping into kind of 93, 94 range, whereas he had been mostly at, at you know, 95, 96. I mean, in college, he was hitting 99. Uh, University of Oregon, Ryan Nelson was. But, but again, he's young. He, like, he's going to be able to get there. there. He's just having a workload. In college, you don't have this kind of workload. So he's building right. up towards it. Nelson's got a lot of tools to work with. I don't love the cutter, but I like I like why it was implemented, and I think it will um, effectively help achieve the goal that they implemented it for. But I mean, he's mostly a fastball guy guy right now. But the slider's electric, the cutter's fine, and the changeup he's showing more um, control and and really comfort with it as well. So he's got four pitches to go to right now. Five if you include include the curveball that he's he's you know he's kind of not giving up on it, but he's not. He's not really um, throwing that too much right now, but great stuff to work with here. His um, his X stats right now are backing up everything that he's doing. Uh, his X stats have been have been fantastic um, so far this season. And the, I guess the last thing as far as Nelson, the pitcher, um, is he's kind of become a finesse guy this season uh, thus far. But you know, make no mistake about it. That's, that's while he's adjusting to this level and adjusting to the workload and to being stretched out and all that, the strikeout upside is fantastic. I mean, he was like a 10.5 um, K per nine guy in the, throughout all the minors. And then in college, I mean, he's like a 13, 14 K per nine guy in college. I mean, mm -hmm. he was, he was, you know, his background is tr truly electric stuff. If he can respond well to being stretched out, this, the sky's the limit there. Been a good finesse guy this year, but like I said, he has fantastic strikeout upside as well. And a lot of people don't know that right now and aren't going to realize that. So another thing you can kind of capitalize on with him, he struggled in his first start uh, at San Diego, looked pretty good um, on uh, against Los Angeles, and then uh, looked awesome, awesome against Miami on the road there. So also some, some tough competition so far. Um, and he's, he's responded well to it. And, you know, Jameson, Nelson, who do I like more? It's it's really hard to say. I just like both of them a lot. And I think that maybe while Jameson's stuff looks a little bit better right now, Nelson um, has a safer spot in that rotation. So That's what okay. I was going to say. I think Nelson's the safer pick of the two, but Jameson has, I think, the higher ceiling of the two as well. You just don't know what Jameson's role is going to be as the season progresses. Uh, but one thing about Nelson I like is he's got two quality starts in his three starts already. Uh, yeah. And that's not something 
that's as common today as it was three years ago. So, so it's it, I like looking for that when I'm looking at pitchers. How many innings in a game are they pitching? Are they getting through six? Because that's an extra point that I get for the quality start. I'm going to take that over a guy who's only going to be pitching four or five innings um, if I can. And he's so far been doing that this season. I like both of those guys. Uh, I've got a relief pitcher on my list, uh, Jose. And I'm not sure how to say his name. Quijada, maybe from the Angels. Uh, I'm really bad at pronunciating some of these guys' names. But he's a reliever for the Angels, 5.8% owned uh, in ESPN leagues. He's already got two saves and three holds. So he's he's producing – he's basically a high-leverage guy. If they're in trouble in the eighth, they bring him in the eighth. If they're in, And then if they got the lead and they want to hold it, they'll bring him in in the ninth. He's not giving up a run yet. Uh, he's only got four strikeouts, which isn't a lot, and is, I think, five innings pitched. But – uh, he's producing. He's given some of those backing points, especially if your league has holds like ours does. He's a guy that you can you can add in. Nobody else is picking up. Uh, they're going to start seeing them though, because again, once you get two saves on the on the books in five games, five five appearances, uh, that's going to start standing out uh, for people looking for saves. But again, I, I found him looking for holds, and, and and he just happens to have saves too. So when you get those high leverage relievers that the managers like to put in. In important situations, they're not going to put them in in the sixth a whole lot. They're going to put them in in the eighth or the ninth inning, and they're going to get you some points, some points on the back end there as well. Who else you got to pick up this week? Well, so uh, and real quick, I like that pick a lot. I think that's a really good pick, and you did you did pronounce his name correctly, by the way. Okay, um, <laughs> three pitch guy, but really only goes to the fastball for the most part. So mm. he's a guy who he, he's almost like a one pitch guy for the most part. But the fastball is so good; it produces so well. Guys have a really hard time, um, you know, hitting that coming out of the left side. There, you know, kind of an interesting arm slot. Um, you know, it, it's the, the fastball is a good pitch, and he throws it. He throws it, you know, pretty hard, ninety five. 96 miles per hour. Um, it's a pretty good pitch. And this is where your point earlier, um, when we were talking about, you know, holds, this is where your point is. It's such a good point is a guy like this in, in a standard league without holds. Um, maybe you don't come across him. Maybe you're not as interested in whatever, but you add holds into the mix and all of a sudden, um, you know, it's another strategic point there. And this is a really interesting picture here. So I, I like it. I like that. I've always been a believer. I know, you know, they've, they've let me down a lot, but I've been a believer in the angels in the angels coming up and, um, you know, making some noise, uh, at some point, you know, soon here. And, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to, I'm not sure if this is going to be the year. I, it's so hard to say with them, man. I mean, seven and eight, they're, they're struggling a little bit already. They, it's just, it's always a letdown with them, but they play in a lot of close games and they, they play in a lot of games where, a guy like uh, Jose Quijada can actually, you know, make an impact. So I think that's a great pickup. Big, big fan of that one. Awesome. All right. Who else you got? So next is I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with the San Diego Padre here. Um, a starter, their center fielder, Trent Grisham. Um, a lot of fantasy players are going to know Trent Grisham and be very familiar with him and with his game because, you know, I think it was two years ago, maybe three now uh, heading into the season. I mean, he was like a top, 75 pick he was like a big trendy um you know upside pick Trent Grisham man he's an interesting guy because he he sits on a lot of pitches man he can be so frustrating to watch because he sits on so many pitches um he's under 10 percent owned right now though starts every day for a potentially lethal offense that will get better soon with Tatis coming back when Tatis does come back Grisham will still play every day because he's a two-way guy he's a two-way guy and he's one that um, AJ Preller loves. Um, and so he's got, he's a guy who's going to play every day, sits on a lot of pitches still, but he's been so much more aggressive this season because he can hit the ball very hard. Trent Grisham has a lot of power that I don't think everyone's super familiar with, but he can hit the ball hard, man. And in that offense, I think the upside, even, you know, Peco Park's not the, not the best park for hitters for sure, but, um, I love his upside in that lineup. I love his upside in general, just as a player. And I mean, you look at his stat cast page, that thing's gorgeous right now. It is a great, great looking stat cast page because he's, he's still not chasing. Um, he, he's always been a really good chase rate guy. He doesn't pit, he doesn't chase on a ton of pitches and it, you know, almost to a point where it gets frustrating. Sometimes you'd like to see him swing more, but he's been more aggressive and still his selection continues to be pretty good. Um, he, he's, taken more of a 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this thing into my own hands type of approach with his career and his trajectory. And he's just, he's kind of leaving it all out there right now. Um, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of heart uh, as a player and as a leader as well. And he's just kind of leaving it out there right now, swinging um, at a lot more stuff in the zone, not being as selective and uh, you know, just barreling the baseball right now. So in that lineup, I think, you know, a guy who's going to play every day and, you know, they move him around where he hits in the lineup, they move him around a good deal, but um, there's just a ton of upside with Trent. I think he's starting to realize that. So, um, and tap into some of that. So I'm curious what you might think about that one as well. Yeah. I like Trent. He's one of those guys. If you've been in fantasy for a long time, you had, you had years where you loved him and mm. years where you hated him. And, uh, yeah. and he's been a little less consistent. That's why he's not owned in a lot of leagues right now because the past, I think since COVID year, it, it really just hasn't been what we'd hoped it would be for him. Uh, but he'll usually get you some steals. He doesn't have any yet this year. He's got four home runs. I was watching the game today. They played the Brewers today. So I was watching that game today, and he looked like he had something against Wade Miley. I don't know what it was. <laughs> he was being – he was he had a lot of gamesmanship. Uh, he was playing around with that clock a little bit. Oh, yeah. He wasn't getting into the last second and getting in there and getting set up and ready to go. So he didn't give Miley a whole lot of time. to pin. Now, Miley had a heck of a game today. But, he did. Uh, but Grisham, I like him, and I think he's turned into one of those veteran players that the team loves, not just the coaching staff, but I think yes. the roster, I think the, the locker room loves him. They and, do. Uh, and, and they have some of those guys right now in San Diego. As a lot of people are concerned, well, you got Juan Soto, and you got Tatis, and you got Machado. You got some guys that are – they have some personality, and sometimes that can be scary. But I also think they got a good mixture of guys. The guys that they brought in this year uh, was a Carpenter and uh, Nelson Carpenter. Cruz. Yeah, Cruz is there uh, and Grisham. Those are all guys that I think are well respected and yeah. can kind of keep. They can be the glue guys uh, in that locker room. And as long as that locker room doesn't explode and implode, they should have they they should have a ton of fantasy value, and they do have a ton of fantasy value almost top to bottom in that lineup, especially when you throw Tatis into it as well, um, adding Bogarts in the offseason. I mean, they've got – they have a fantasy lineup that you would draft for your fantasy team. They, that they do, time. yeah. They really do. <laughs> so I like, I like that. Now, I've got a guy mm -hmm. that, that is a little lesser known. Uh, he's only owning 3.2% of leagues uh, for San Francisco J.D. Davis, third baseman, designated hitter eligibility – in fantasy in the last week two home runs seven rbis he's got four home runs on the season and up to this point in the season he has been as consistent as just about anybody in the league and uh, he's put up he's got just over 40 points uh the giants are not great this year they're not getting a lot of love not a lot of attention uh their big free agencies weren't big free agent moves and things like that jd davis has found a role and he's found a, a place on that team to where he can consistently contribute. And I think he's found a place now where for a fantasy team, he can consistently contribute as well. Yes. I, I I'm a big fan of this pick um, for a couple of reasons. JD Davis has been a really interesting player for um, really for quite some time now. I mean, he's, he's a veteran, but he also feels like a guy where some of, you know, he's almost been slept on despite someone who, you know, he has been around for, for quite some time now. I remember him as a Met. I forget he was even with Houston, but he was um, hmm. for a little while. And he's a dude who's who's never gotten any accolades, um, not a lot of attention, but he's always produced very quietly. Cal State Fullerton guy, big fan of that. And the thing about J.D. Davis right now is you look at his, you look at how hard he's hitting the ball, how often he is barreling the ball. And in particular, you look at like the expected outcomes of the things that he's doing right now and the balls he's putting into play. Um, everything is backed up right now by sort of the advanced stuff. Um, the thing, the, the reason I like him so much, the Giants, we all knew whether the Giants are, are good or not or how good they are, whatever, that's one thing. But we all knew the Giants were going to find a way to get some good run out of some random guys. Right. right. That's they just do that. And JD Davis fits the profile. He fits the mold because he's a veteran hitter who has produced for a long time now. I mean, he's a career 270. His career OPS 797. I mean, he's he's right at he's right at 800. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. There's been a good combination of of, you know, mostly mostly a lot of doubles with JD Davis. He has home run power, but he you know, he's mostly extra base hits are mostly doubles for him. Um he he sort of lacks that top end power, 
but he just produces, man. Runs, RBIs, uh, some extra base hits, and batting average-wise, he's just so solid, man. And the Giants are the type of franchise that can get the most out of him. Big fan of that pick. I did come across him um, uh, this weekend when looking at some potential ads, and you know, I don't, I don't recall exactly how many. I, I think you said he's at about forty points in your league. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so in my league right now, he's at exactly 40. So I think we might be playing with about the same rules, at least for hitters or something. But um, 3.1 points per game. He's only owned in 3% of leagues. Dual position eligibility. Um, I'm a big fan of this one, man. I think that's a great pick. And and four home runs already, you know, puts him at a pretty good pace here if he can keep it up. So big fan oh, of that. Yeah. Third base is kind of a, it's a shallow position this year. There's not a lot of depth there. So if you got a guy producing, now's the time to jump on him. And like I always try to tell people this, if they're newer to fantasy, you got to ride the waves with these guys. These might not be guys that are going to be on your team all year, but you pick them up when they're hot. You ride them until they're not hot anymore. And then you can exactly. drop them and add somebody else. So this is a guy, and maybe he does have consistency in him, and he's going to be there all year. He's batting 341 so far. So, I mean, he's having a great season. Um, but, again, it's okay to grab a guy that you don't love if he's yes. hot. Go get them. Take well, them. It's the other thing, man. We're, we're in those in these ten team leagues that we're in. It's not like you're you're using his roster spot. It's not like you're dropping someone who's just going to get eaten up by the sharks and waivers, and you won't be able to. You know, if he does, if JD Davis does go cold, you won't have anyone else. No, if if he goes cold in a ten team league, you'll be able to find someone. So yeah. just ride the wave. Could not agree more on that one. All right, you got one more. I do have one more actually. Um, it. I have well, I have a few. This one I like a lot, but he's I don't think he really qualifies for this. And that's Graham Ashcraft, uh, pitcher for Cincinnati Reds. He's sure. at about thirty percent, thirty four percent right now. Um, and so I look, I, I don't like to do these kind of things. You know, talk about guys who are over twenty or twenty five percent owned. Um, however, the thing with Ashcraft is he is going to get dropped if he uh, quite a bit if his next start isn't good. He's a guy who's being streamed a lot right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, thirty four percent ownership, but that's only about probably about half of that is is full time ownership guys who are looking to keep him for good. Um, so I think I think if you can, I mean, I think you know he's worthy to talk about in the sense that there will be opportunities to get him um, with Ashcraft specifically. Um, I'll keep it kind of brief, but really weird pitch mix. Uh, he's a cutter, slider, sinker guy. Uh, super weird pitch mix, but I think the cutter-slider combination works extremely well because um, you know those two pitches do tunnel with each other quite a bit. The slider has a ton of break to it, but the cutter horizontally moves pretty well too. They both mirror each other pretty well, um, and that cutter really splits the difference um, between – you know, what you would get if he doesn't even have a four seam fastball, but if he did, it would really split the difference quite nicely. Those two pitches work together pretty well. The sinker gives him another look for, um, you know, typically for righties, he'll throw that sinker, but um, good stuff. Throws 97 um, miles per hour um, on that, on that cutter, I believe. Um, and the thing about Ashcraft is the team situation is not great. Being with the Reds, playing right. at great American ballpark. That's the second or third most hitter friendly park um, in the game. That stuff's not great, but this is a young pitcher, only you know, 25 years old right now, who has a lot of potential. The weird pitch mix, I mean, it, it can work. There's always going to be room for guys like that in the game because that's something you don't see every day. Um, mm -hmm. But the two pitches, again, the cutter and the slider work together quite well, and that slider is just electric, man. It's 89 miles per hour, got some of the best break of any slider um, that you'll see at that, you know, in that uh, 85 to 90 mile per hour range um, in all of baseball. Good stuff from him, man. Um, wow. Yeah, 96 on the cutter, 97 on the sinker. Throws hard, electric stuff, super live arm, um, great spin rate guy. Um, really someone who has the, has the upside as far as, like, the actual physics of what his pitches look like. There's real upside there. The downside, like I said, is, is being a Cincinnati Red. So um, you have to kind of weigh that. He does get a lot of good NL Central matchups, um, you know, I, although maybe that division's not as weak anymore as, as it has been lately, but um, this is a guy I like a lot. And I think if he has a bad start in his next outing and I forget who that's going to be against, but if his next outings, you know, if his next outing's not good, I mean, you'll have the opportunity to pick him up and, and, you know, out of that 34%, about half of those leagues, you'll have the chance to pick him up and um, man, he's got big time upside. So I'm a fan of him. And, and uh, I like that ad there. If you can get him. Yeah. And he had, he's not available in my league currently, 
but he has been. And, and like you said, he will be, uh, mm -hmm. if he has a bad start, I am so anti reds, um, I know. Fantasy baseball. Now I've got Lodolo and I like him. I think Hunter green was a wise choice for people to draft as well. Um, but, and, and maybe Ashcraft fits into that. He is young. He has some upside to him. I just, oh my goodness. Uh, and where I live, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. There's all kinds of Reds fans here. And they, at the beginning of every year, it's always like, they're great. No, I know no one thinks they're good, but no, they're really good. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They rarely ever are uh, these days, man. I mean, it, it is frustrating. Um, I do like you bring up Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. I actually kind of like what the Reds do with some of their arms, even though, again, the defense, the ballpark, the situation, you're not going to get wins. It's terrible, man. It's a bad situation. But I, going back to – I'm a big fan of Tyler Malley, um, him, you know, some of these other guys that they've had over the years um, on the pitching side of things, you know, they, I like what they've done with some of these arms, and I like the stuff they're working on um, with the pitching side of things. Hitting's a, a totally different story, but they've done a good job with Hunter Green. They've done a great job with – Lodolo and I think Ashcraft I'm seeing real improvement this season um from last season I already liked him a little bit last year but this year you know I'm, I'm seeing some real improvement with in particular the shape on his slider is actually a lot different too it's even more lethal than it was last year I, I like what they're doing with some of these guys I just you're right it, it's the Reds thing can be a real non-starter um to begin with seriously and I, I get that so yeah. that's a good point for sure um, we're running close on time, so I'll just add this. Uh, I love to pick up guys that get called up and give them a shot if I got a spot on the roster for them. Uh, you mentioned them earlier. The Angels bring up uh, Neto, and he is going to be the everyday starter at shortstop for them. Uh, he's not started off great, but uh, I think there's potential for him to look really good. Uh, Grissom, of course, comes up for Atlanta after the Arcia injury, and so there's potential for him, and he's done better than, than Zach has for the Angels. But um, those are guys that, that if you have a spot on the roster, I say take a swing at them. And yeah. if they're no good after a week or two weeks, go ahead and let them go. But uh, take a swing at those guys. Let's get the drops real quick because, again, we are, we are up on time. Uh, I'm going to give you two guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do it quickly that I'm that I'm okay with letting go of at this point in the year. Uh, Santander from Baltimore. Yes. Tristan yes. Cassis for uh, is it Cassis? I always think his name says different. I think it's Cassis. Yeah. Uh, those are two guys that they're just not producing at this point. And in my opinion, I'm willing to move on from them. Look for something else at that position. Now I got similar guys that are not having good years. They have the same point value as these guys that I'm going to hold on to. To me, those guys were were not were not where it needed to be. Yeah, I'll and I'll keep it quick as well. Santander's what my number two um, right now for for drops. I'm not. I, I've never been a huge fan of his to begin with, but I think um, you know they, they've even changed that ballpark, moved those fences back a little bit. I don't love that. I, yeah. I, I believe in that lineup, but Santander to me was never a guy who uh, transcended kind of um, you know the 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 talent level of some of these other guys. That, that Baltimore's had coming in lately um, or even really close to it. I didn't even think he was nearly as good as Cedric Mullins. And I know, you know, Cedric Mullins is someone who people are a little split on as well. Not a huge fan of Santander. And I'm going to give you kind of, um, and I know we're against time. I'm going to give you an extreme one here. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to get to a point potentially in the next month or so here. I think that Blake Snell might end up being okay. a drop. And I know that sounds insane. And I know he'll not get dropped in most of those leagues because he's Blake Snell and he won a Cy Young and all that. His, I will tell you this, the next time Blake Snell pitches, go watch it. It is, it's a pain. It is a painful experience. Um, yeah. It really is, man. I, it, re it really is. And he doesn't go deep enough into games to get you wins, quality starts, things like that for the most part. I think people need to really take a close look at that one. It sounds extreme, but I think we might get to that point. I could see it. Well, it's kind of like Barrios, right? Uh, they've got these these pitchers who are supposed to be really, really good, and man, they just struggle. And uh, how long you hold on to them is a question, and that's something we can cover another day. Um, I will mention Peter Fairbanks or Pete Fairbanks for Tampa. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were uh, kind of impatient with him, because impatient with him because he wasn't getting saves to start the year. Well, they were, didn't have save opportunities for ten right. games. Um, and now that they have, now he's going to pitch some eighth innings as well, but, uh, he's a guy that, uh, if you look at a points league, I think he's got 20 or 21 points, something like that. 
but that's all come recently because he's starting to get those saves now. So those are guys to um, just to keep an eye on. If they're out there, they're worth taking a swing at as well. Ian, man, you're you're a blast, man. A lot of fun. We need to have you back on. Tell everybody where they can find your um, articles and where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so I don't really use the socials for um, for the fantasy stuff much, but Ian Lemersall on Twitter, uh, Ian Lemersall on Instagram, and in particular, though, if you want to find me on Belly Up, uh, I'm loving the work that we're doing there right now. I, I, you know, always will plug them forever because we got some really good stuff going. I love our content right now. I love the team that we have, and I'm I'm really excited to be a part of this. So, um, Ian Lemersall on Twitter or uh, on Belly Up Sports and you know, feel free, especially, you know, on, um, I see some of the traction and comments on Reddit and stuff. That's a great community. So feel free to hop on and comment on my stuff there on the website, whatever, man. Cause, um, you know, the stuff we're doing at belly up right now is, is some good, some good work. So, well, Ian, you're doing good work, man. I, everything you put out is so detailed. Uh, you know, I write a few things here and there. I'm doing more stuff on the, just the regular belly up site than I am the fantasy site right now. Um, but my stuff is, is compared to yours, uh, lacks in research. So I don't know about that. I like your stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. But you're doing a great job. We love having Thanks you on the team again. You can find his stuff, bellyupfantasysports.com. Uh, you can find all of Ian's articles there. They're coming out on a regular basis as well. And we'll definitely work to get Ian back on the program. So Ian, thanks, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for your time tonight. Vince, thanks so much, man. I'll be back. Sounds All good. right, we'll see you. See you, man. That's Ian Lemisall from Belly Up Fantasy Sports. I uh, sure appreciate him coming on. Uh, I did just hear from Chuck. He We had a miscommunication. So I'll work on getting him on the program on another night as well but we sure appreciate you tuning into the episode tonight you can uh, again go to mahlerbros.com or righteousfelon.com to get some jerky or some golf apparel use the code belly up at purchase you'll get 15 percent off your purchase and as always make sure you visit bellyupfantasysports.com follow me on twitter and instagram at sports stove check out my other episodes every wednesday night I go live at 8 p.m with my dad talking general sports and every friday we drop an audio only podcast uh, which is covering EKU sports. Thanks for tuning in to the night's edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>